Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. As always, a quick recap of how we started. Well, Singapore shares opened on the muted note today after global equities ended mixed overnight. In early trade, the Straits Times Index was down 0.02% at 3,101 points after nearly 55 million securities changed hands and the broader market. The closing numbers still firming up, but here's what I have on my screen. The Straits Times Index currently up 0.03% and we are looking at 3,103 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 771 million Sing dollars. Gainers trailed losers 244 versus 282. Top five movers by value we have here DBS, OCBC, Singtel, Wilma International and UOB. And heavily traded securities for for the day, Medtex International, Citrium and Singtel. Now, in terms of companies to watch, we do have ST Engineering and Starhub. Both parties said uh, separately today that ST Engineering will acquire cryptographic technology company Decrypt from a Starhub unit. Now, elsewhere, from more on private sector economists' forecast for Singapore's 2024 growth to Japan planning tax breaks to boost EV and chip production, and also what to expect ahead of the FOMC meeting. We've got more economic development elements in focus. Joining me on the line is Toby Gresham, Investment Counselor Team Lead at City Private Bank. Toby, welcome. Thanks so much, TNT. Great to be on. Great to have you as always. And let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. Very quickly, how has the STI Fed so far today? Any surprises when it comes to the biggest movers? Yeah, so much of Asia's um, been in the red today. And um, actually, Singapore has been one of the sort of uh, brighter lights. Uh, it's been broadly flat. Uh, the main story has really been China. Um, it's been the worst performing sector um, uh, across Asia. And a lot of that's got to do with the fact that uh, their policy stance around stimulus is still being perceived as, as soft. And at a recent meeting, uh, the market came away a little bit disappointed. Why is that relevant to Singapore? Well, really, the, the losers today have been the China names. Um, it's the, uh, the stalwarts like the Singaporean banks that you mentioned mm. that have, have held up the, S, um, the STI, but broadly flat today uh, and Singapore showing its defensiveness. Right. And zooming in on some of the companies to watch, uh, Toby, we've got SD Engineering and Starhub. Both parties said that SD Engineering will acquire Decrypt, which is a cryptographic technology company from a Starhub unit. Any initial thoughts? Can we expect more of such acquisitions given how firms are focused on cybersecurity of late? Yeah, this, this, this piece of news isn't surprising, we feel. Cyber threats um, are escalating, and you'll have seen that in the news. On a recent survey that, that we did at our bank um, across the global chief technology officers, the CTOs, cybersecurity is their top priority. And, and firms aren't just spending money on that. Um, clearly, as we can see from these two firms, that they're actually buying the expertise that they need. Um, heading into 2024, this is going to get worse, not better. Um, we've got an election year, and looking back at what's happened previously, heightened manipulation of sort of data and voters will mean that cybersecurity is again front of mind. Uh, we're also obviously, you know, you'll all be aware that AI and artificial intelligence has been accelerating, and we, we can expect that that will be used for nefarious means to look to to, to try and um, attack some of these global companies. 
good news is that, that obviously AI is being incorporated increasingly into these cyber firms. Right. And a lot of the, um, the cyber firms uh, are, that, are, that we've seen these large companies investing into mm. are going to benefit, and they're also going to benefit from the, the M&A. So from our perspective, uh, we think this is an opportunity to invest into this sector next year. And mm. um, we can also see that although earnings have picked up in some of these businesses, mm. share prices haven't picked up as much. So, ah. uh, yeah, we're, we're bullish. This, um, we're bullish into 2024 in cybersecurity. Okay. And uh, let's take a look at what's happening across the region, Toby. Nikkei Asia reported that the Japanese government is planning to offer tax incentives for a decade to boost mass production in five areas, and that include electric vehicle production and semiconductor devices manufacturing. How far will that help Japan bolster growth in the current economic climate? And what implication will this then have on the government? government's budget, given the amount of spending it needs to support? Yes, so this stimulus is very sector-specific. On the EV side, you know, we we are obviously seeing them focusing on an area that that thus far, you know, believe it or not, Japan has lagged uh, US and China. And so this is an opportunity for them to focus on that and look to try and narrow the gap. On the semiconductor sector, um, again, tax incentives will, will be impactful. But the reality is, in fact, with some of the geopolitics um, that, that are involved in who can and cannot have semiconductors between the U.S. and China, then in all likelihood, we think that sector will benefit as they boost demand amongst their manufacturers. Um, impact on the budget? Well, I mean, look, they're taking the view that if they boost these sectors with these um, uh, these, these incentives, the tax dollars lost are, are going to be uh, offset by that increased growth. Um, mm. Just thinking about Japan in general, look, we like Japan, mm-hmm. um, and for reasons beyond just just um, interventions and incentives like this, we see it as a very strong growth story. The, the rest of the world is struggle with inflation. Japan is embracing it. Um, I think Japan in the last two years has, has had inflation of about 3.6% annualized, mm. and with a weaker yen, uh, look, we think um, that, that there's some really meaningful uh, tailwinds that can boost Japan into the, into uh, into 2024. Right, and I do want to take a look at some global developments uh, in corporate news. Toby, investors zooming in on Zara's owner, Inditex, and H&M's latest sales results. I believe Zara's out and it's doing quite okay. Nine-month profit soars uh, 32.5% for Inditex. Um, investors also watching out for how these retailers uh, fare against the market leader, which is Sheen. So what would you be looking out on this front? Yeah, so fast fashion is, is I think, front of mind of everyone. Um, and obviously, with what's going on with COP28 at the moment, you know, um, uh, there's a lot of scrutiny on whether, you know, the impact on the environment. But, but in terms of profitability, you know, it certainly hasn't impacted these firms at all. Um, looking across, you know, the results that we've been seeing, actually, the holiday sales and, and things such as Black Friday have been, been a large success. So consumers are finding the dollars to, to spend. Um, and, and actually, if you look at something like Inditex, uh, their management of, of the likes of inventory you know, that came out in the results has been um, well, well received by the market. The question I think is on everyone, everyone's mind is looking beyond this holiday season and looking into next year. Uh, I think it, it goes without saying that everyone is, is feeling the pinch at the moment. Um, household income is dwindling. And I think there's an anticipation that the headwinds are going to impact all of these fast fashion firms into mm. Q1 and Q2. So right. I, I think 
the earnings outlook is one that the market is scrutinizing. But at the moment, yeah, the, the, it was, um, the results have been well received by the market. Right. And separately, this piece of news is quite interesting here, Toby, which is the fact that Netflix has released its first global mid-year viewer data for every title on its service to tell the world how many people actually watch its shows. And this apparently comes on the back of a months-long fight between major studios and Hollywood labour unions, where writers and actors, they want more compensation for their work in streaming, and their pay hinges uh, in part on greater disclosure of viewer data by services like Netflix. What do you think this means for the industry looking ahead? Can we expect greater transparency? Yes. Yeah, so look, I think this is a this is a big move um, by Netflix specifically. They previously only really gave detail around top 10. Um, and this report that they've released, I think, sets a, a precedent. Um, the the labor union disruption that we saw it was really looking to, to wrestle back some power to the creatives. And a lot of what they wanted to, to, to put in place was an ability to get more of the share in the profits and the performance. And so this granularity will allow some of these creatives you know, potentially into the future to peg some of their, 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 their compensation to the successful performance of these underlying shows. And so with Netflix having moved first, I would anticipate the other large players in the market, the Disney Plus and such, will all follow suit. And, and um, I think this sort of granularity and transparency is something that the industry is going to get, uh, get, get used to and become the, the new norm. Mm, right. And before I let you go, Toby, we must talk about this, which is uh, U.S. consumer prices unexpectedly rose 0.1% on the month in November. If we look at a yearly basis, um, the CPI was up 3.1% after rising 3.2% in October. Now, what are you expecting then when it comes to Fed rates and the dot plot out today? Will 2024 be the big year where we see the big reset? Yeah, so um, look, the inflation number, um, I think, was broadly in line with the year-on-year number we expected. Um, and, and, you know, we saw that drop from 3.2 to 3.1. Uh, there'll always be a little bit of noise on a monthly basis, but nothing to be concerned about. Uh, I think looking out to next year, the shelter component, which has been the most resilient and is a large part of that CPI, um, we know that that will, in all likelihood, drop into the um, the start of next year, just by virtue of the fact the big the big hike in shelter was the end of last year, and, and that will drop off the year and year number. Um, look, Powell's going to set what we think to be a a pretty hawkish tone. Yeah. We like the market; don't expect him to hike, um, and we think he's going to be talking to to sort of more data dependent. Um, uh, response to the market. Right now, the market, in our view, is too optimistic. It's calls, calling for a hike in, uh, sorry, a cut in March. We think that's probably more likely to be in the summer. And then thereafter, we're expecting a sort of around a 1% cut totaling um, in 2024. From our perspective, this is positive for portfolios. Um, last year was one of the worst years in multiple decades on a balanced portfolio for clients. Um, into 2024, if we are seeing rates dropping, that's going to be a positive for the bond component of portfolios. So we can see that that duration being rewarded as rates tumble. And then on the equity side, although we think the first half is going to have some headwinds and some volatility, second half, 
you know, we, we think um, a lot of these global companies are going to be able to weather some of these slower earnings and, and will then benefit into the second half where we're going to see improving earnings, uh, uh, an improving margin story. And, and then also if rates are dropping, uh, are likely re-rating as discount rates drop as well. So from our perspective, um, you know, a lot of this, I think, is, is positive mm-hmm. and we're encouraging clients, you know, to maintain stay invested and maintain a balanced portfolio allocation, which may not have paid them last year, but we think will pay them next year. Right. Lots to watch as we head into the new year. Thanks a lot, Toby. As always, that was Toby Gresham, Investment Counselor Team Lead at City Private Bank. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.